Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 634 for the first of Elul in a regular year. So once again, happy Rosh Chodesh. Today is day two of Rosh Chodesh Elul. And we are nearing towards Tishrei, towards Rosh Hashanah and all of that. So I'll wish you all in advance. Maybe you be written and inscribed for a good year. Okay, so that being said, let's get into the episode today. So... I've been reading quite a bit. I think I may have mentioned this already in previous episodes, but quite a bit about codependence and healthy relationships and all of that kind of stuff for my own self-growth and knowledge and all of that stuff. And one theme that keeps coming up over and over that I find to be fascinating is the concept of boundaries and how healthy boundaries are really the key to a healthy relationship. Which, why do I find this fascinating? Because it's actually quite counterintuitive. One would think that if you want to be close to a person, if you want to develop a relationship with the person, you should try to just be as close and intimate as you can be with this person from the get-go. That's how you get close to them, right? It's like no holds barred, share everything about yourself, learn everything about them, do everything with them, let them into your life fully and completely, and that's how you'll get close to the person, right? And maybe one could argue, okay, well, you have to get to know the person first, right? So it's like you have to see, is this the kind of person that you want to get to know? So in that case, you might say to yourself, in that case, boundaries could be good as a way of kind of protecting yourself before you decide that this is the person that you want to be with. But the truth is, no, boundaries go a lot further than that. Even once you've decided that this is the person that you want to be with, even with close friends that you have that you are already in a good relationship with, or family members that you're in a good relationship with, boundaries are not only good as like a self-preservation mechanism, but boundaries, as we'll learn, are actually the key to closeness. They're actually the key to intimacy, the key to having a healthy and thriving relationship with other people. And today we're going to learn about how this applies to God, about our relationship with God, who is really truly our ultimate relationship and the archetype of all of other all of our other relationships and the relationship from which all other relationships stem. So with Hashem too, believe it or not, we have this idea of boundaries. How does this manifest? This manifests through the mitzvahs. Because what are the mitzvahs? The mitzvahs are very bound. So let's think of, first of all, what would serving Hashem without boundaries look like? Serving Hashem without boundaries would most likely look more like that you serve Hashem 
at your whim, whenever you feel like it, when the need arises, when you're feeling happy, when you're feeling sad, whatever, you cry out to Hashem, you connect with Hashem, you decide that you want to, you really like the idea of Shabbos, so you just, maybe you keep Shabbos the entire, your entire life, right? Uh, Maybe you want to light Shabbos candles on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday or whatever. And it's, it's such a beautiful mitzvah. You love the idea of it, right? But we see that, no, that's not what Judaism is like. Judaism actually has a lot of uh, boundaries around it. And these boundaries are not here to, um, to restrict us, like to, to punish us, God forbid. Like a lot of people, let's take the example of Shabbos. A lot of people are under the false illusion that Shabbos is this very restrictive, very punitive kind of thing. That it's like, oh, wow, once a week, you're not allowed to watch TV. You're not allowed to listen to music. You're not allowed to drive your car. You're not allowed to go to work. Like that's so annoying. That's so horrible. When as a religious Jew, somebody who keeps Shabbos, you most, li- most likely are aware of the fact that it's actually the complete opposite. That this boundary that we have for Shabbos actually is extremely liberating. This is what ac- actually allows us to connect with God, what allows us to tune into ourselves and to our surroundings and, and the world and all of that. And specifically, it's because Shabbos is at a set time and it's every single week that it's it's set. It's not like sometimes Shabbos is on a Wednesday or Tuesday. It's always that same day of Saturday. And that is what makes it so special. And that is what makes it so powerful. And so what this ultimately means is that this is the type of boundary that's actually coming out of love. So yes, truly, sometimes boundaries do not come from love. Sometimes if we have somebody, if there's somebody toxic in our life, for example, there's somebody who is really not good for us, somebody who is a parasite, you know, or just really unhealthy for whatever reason, we need to create boundaries around this person. And in that case, it's not coming from a loving place necessarily. It's coming from a self-preservation place. So it is the idea of a boundary. And if we wanted to use Kabbalistic terminology for this, we could say this is the idea of Gvora. We're setting up a Gvora. We're tapping into Gvora, which is this idea of restraint and constraint. But sometimes that Gvora is just for Gvora's sake. And sometimes it's coming from Chassid. And in the case of wanting to have a healthy relationship with somebody and coming close to somebody, that is a boundary that's coming from the place of Chassid. So that would be a Gvora that ultimately is rooted in Chassid. And so as we'll learn today, this is what the mitzvahs are all about. The mitzvahs are actually Hashem's way of infusing Gvora and giving us boundaries, giving us Gvora, but really they're sourced in Hashem's Chassid because really ultimately everything Hashem is coming from his chassan because that is the utmost, like the overarching, uh, all-encompassing midah of Hashem, trait of Hashem is this midah of chassan as we've spoken about before. And of course, as in the conclusion of all this is going to be again, giving staka. This is again, once again, one of those epistles that that is going to be the focus for it. And so let's get into the text today. Let's let's get into the text. And this is the beginning of, uh, of, of a new epistle, epistle 10. And we're going to bring up a few questions, a, a few textual questions that aren't going to be answered in full today, but we are going to kind of get into the topic, like delve into the introduction to the topic at hand. So let's let's get into it and um, see how it goes. So the Alter Rebbe begins with a, he says, after a greeting of peace and life, then I will open my words to those to arouse the ears to hear 
uh, an admonition. So he's he's warning everybody. He's going to give everybody an admonition that, and he says that this is an admonition that God gave through the prophet, saying. So who is the prophet? The prophet is Yirmiyahu, who is the author of Echa. And so this is a quote from Echa. Uh, this is Echa chapter three verse twenty two, where it says Chasdei Hashem Kilo Tamnu. Which literally translates to mean the kindnesses of God have surely not ended. So this is kind of going to be the basis of understanding this epistle. This epistle is the meaning of this phrase, this citation of the kindnesses of God have not ended. So the altar looks at this and he analyzes it and he says that it would have been simpler. This word tamnu, which is translated to mean did not end. In a simpler way to say this in Hebrew would be tamu, kilo tamu. That's if those of you that know Hebrew, that's like a similar way to say it. Like, and we see like there's support for this elsewhere. We see that there's actually in uh, in the Amida prayer, we say kilo tamu chasadecha that your kindnesses did not end. And there we actually do use that phrase of tamu. So, why is it that we specifically use the word tamnu? What's that about? So we're, so the altar says we're going to understand this through looking at that which is written in the Zohar, in the Holy Zohar, that there are two different types of chassid. There's something called chassid olam, the, a worldly type of chassid. And then there's a more supernal type of chassid, which is called rav chassid. So there's two categories of chassid. And this is what's going to help us understand ultimately through the epistle what the, why, why is this like meaning of this phrase? What is that about the tamnu versus tamu kind of thing? Okay, so now to get into that, so the ultra bit gets into a new topic here to kind of as uh, to to explore this deeper. Is he says that looking at the Torah, it's known that the Torah is called Oz. Oz means strength in Hebrew, and strength is a an idea of gvura. Strength is associated with gvura, with might, right? But the word gvura also, so the, that, that's why like translations are a little bit like tricky because it's like the word might is might, you know, okay. But like the word gvora in Hebrew, which is associated with might, has a lot of other connotations to it. We know that gvora is the idea of restraint, of holding back, of withholding, all of those kind of things. So, uh, so, but there is a simple understanding of the word, that the word gvora means this idea of might, that gvora simply means might. And we know that there's this, this idea that is taught uh, by the sages, this is in the Gemara Makos, page twenty-three B, where it says, "That the six hundred and thirteen commandments were said to Moshe from Mount Sinai, from the mouth of the Gvura, from from this this Gvura place." And then we also see, and this is another citation. This one is taken from Jerome chapter thirty-three, verse two, where it says, "Mimino esh datelamo." That from his right side, there is a fire of, uh, of Torah, the fire of religion that was given to them. So what does this mean? What does this mean that the, from the right side, the fire was given and all of that stuff? Okay, so we know that there's this idea of right and left, and Kabbalistically speaking, energetically speaking, as we've spoken about. And the Torah, the source of the Torah is God's chassad. And the chassad of God, it comes from the right side. The chassad is referred to as the right so meaning that this drawing down, this descent of the godliness that comes from the infinite one, blessed be he, to all of the worlds, whether we're talking about the supernal worlds or whether we're talking about the, the lower worlds, they, all of this comes down to all of these 
these worlds, how does this light come down? Through keeping the 248 mitzvah, positive commandments, which are the 248 limbs of the king, right? We spoke about this in other episodes. So meaning to say that these 248 uh limbs of the king, these are the vessels and these are the garments to be able to have this radiance of God be vested within them. And from this light is drawn down love and fear in every mitzvah as is known. So basically we have this, like just to put that in simple terms, there's this like very godly energy, this godly light that wants to come down into the world. And that godly light, because of it's, it's all about this influx, this flow that we can think of as chesed. It's a chesed kind of energy, which is all about pouring forth, giving, uh, influencing all of that kind of stuff. And the way that this light gets drawn down is through us doing the mitzvahs, through us doing the 248 positive commandments, this draws down God's light. And so now the ultra epic goes on and he says, but okay, first this, this light that gets vested in the 248 organs of God of the King, first, it needs to become vested in the attribute of Gvura, which is called the attribute of fire ish. Okay. And what is Gvura? Gvura is the attribute of the light and the vitality that comes from the infinite one, blessed be he, in order to be vested within the doing of the mitzvahs, uh, which all of them involve material things like tzitzis and tefillin and korbanos, sacrifices and staka. So basically with physical objects, we see that a lot of mitzvahs, most of the mitzvahs that we have are actually done in physical, using physical objects. And this helps us to understand why they're associated with gvura because physicality is all about limitation. It's all about constraints, right? But then we also have mitzvahs that are more spiritual, like the mitzvah of loving God and fearing God. And those actually we can say are also have to do with constraint and limitation because they're not to an infinite degree because like even love and fear are limited to a certain extent. Why do, what do we mean by this? Because like, let's say if we had this Ava Rabbah, this great love of God, which we spoke about in the first part of the Tanya, this great, great, intense love of God. If we were to experience that in this infinite way without any, uh, any limitation at all and no measurement, then a person would not be able to contain this in their heart. They wouldn't be able to be in their bodies even for one second. Like it would be too intense and a person wouldn't be able to remain alive. And we see this actually that this is what happened when we received the Torah, that there was such a big revelation of God and the infinite light of God that it was uh, that was so intense and in, uh, on this level of speech when God spoke the Ten Commandments that the souls their souls took flight. So we actually did physically die at that time because it was too much for us to handle. So that's the end of the section for today. So just in sum, again, it's kind of like an introductory. Um, idea, which is going to be elaborated upon further as we get deeper into this epistle. But the basic idea that we learned so far is that Torah comes from Hashem's chassid. We all know that that the primary uh, attribute of God, which we've been talking about, like sort of like the, the origin, the source of all the other attributes is this attribute of chassid. Chassid is like the epitome of when we think of our relationship with God. And so this, what this means is that God's influence, God's light is gets drawn down through chassid. And how does that happen? It happens through the mitzvahs, through specifically the positive commandments, because the positive commandments is a way it's, there's 248 positive commandments that correspond to Hashem's 248 organs, which serve as a conduit, as vestments for God's light. And so when we perform these 248 commandments, this is a way of us drawing down this chassid into the world. But the interesting thing about it that the ultra points out here, and this is where we come into that idea of boundaries, 
boundaries, all the mitzvahs are bounds. All the mitzvahs have measurements to them. We see this very obviously when it comes to physical commandments, like things that we do like tefillin and tzitzah and things like that. But this is true when it comes to spiritual commandments as well. So when we're talking about spiritual commandments like loving God and fearing God, the love that we have for God must by its nature be somewhat limited because if it were unlimited in nature, we wouldn't be able to sustain ourselves as we see in proof in the time of Matan Torah that it was just too much for us to handle. So that's it for today. And like I said, to be continued tomorrow when we go on with this epistle and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.